Good morning, everybody. My name is Greg. I'm part of the team at Uni Hill Church here in Melbourne, Australia. I want to welcome our church family for joining us right across our both campuses spread throughout Melbourne. We've got people who are part of our church family around Australia and around the world. So big welcome to you. And if you're watching for the very first time, it's great to have you with us. You know, what we do as a church is come together and we unpack the scriptures, the Holy Bible. We believe that God spoke his word to previous generations that had a specific context. So that they had their own issues and own sort of dramas going on where they're trying to follow God and be obedient as disciples to Jesus in the midst of their culture and their problems. We face that today with COVID-19 and certainly the swirl of opinions around what should happen. My talk today is, wants to encourage us to, well, how do we respond to fragmentation? I'm using the word fragmentation because we hear a lot about unity and sometimes the opposite to that word disunity. But when things begin to fragment, you know, in a family or in a workplace and even in a church, when there's those cracks begin to appear, we should jump on it as soon as we can. And so here's a couple of things I want to share with you today about how do we deal with fragmentation. You know, the COVID chaos and all the stuff that we're dealing with at the moment, the swirl, the myriad of opinions, they're never ending. I've written down a few of the things that I've heard over the last, well, really 15, 18 months. So, you know, for example, are you anti-vaccine, pro-vaccine? Uh, we've heard things about the mark of the beast. We've heard things about uh, the judgment of God. There are conspiracy theories circulating in, in social media. There's, I've talked you know, to some people about microchips in the vaccine. There's COVID deniers. There's COVID protesters. There's talk about vaccine passports, uh, personal freedoms, personal choice, religious liberties. I mean, I could go on and on about all the stuff that's swirling around. And I just feel we, we could be, if we're not careful as a church family, we don't want to fragment based on any of these opinions. And we've had two great messages in the last couple of weeks. Jasmine, what an incredible message you gave us and a real conviction to get into God's word all of the time. Don't wait until we feel like it. You did that last week and I'm so grateful that I received your message into my life. And Pastor Charles, two weeks earlier where you talked about there are disputable matters in life, different opinions, and how are we supposed to respond to that? So today, when I'm sort of presenting around how do we respond to fragmentation, I'm, I'm talking about how does disciples of Jesus do that? You know, we, have a, we already have different opinions on a whole range of issues. If, we, if you and I sat down together, or if our whole church got together, and we talked about things like infant baptism, headship in marriage, if we talked about things like urbanisation or the use of plastics in our world or recycling, global, how do we respond to global warming um, or we talked about indigenous issues and maybe uh, the matter of a treaty um, or if we talked about globalisation. Um, I mean, we have always lived with difference of opinions. In fact, I don't think different opinions is anything new. So when we talk about COVID and the opinions 
that you've been exposed to, heard of, or have shared with your family and friends, and even within the church community, having different opinions in and of itself doesn't necessarily cause division. They're just differences of how we see the world and what we think should happen or how the world should function. However, what is different, I think, is the tone at the moment, the tone in which people are sharing these ideas. And I think experiencing the lockdowns that we have, and we're still in one right now, adds to the angst or, or you know, this sort of pressure and frustration um, that we carry in our hearts and in our thoughts. And we want immediate relief. And, you know, we see other parts of the world already out and about. And so we are living through our own unique circumstances right here in Melbourne as a church family. But different opinions about, you know, what governments should or shouldn't do, whether we should or shouldn't be vaccine, all that sort of stuff, that's never actually caused us to be fragmented before. And you and I both know that God is not about division or fragmentation. In fact, he unifies, he brings back together, he redeems, he, he puts us into one family. That's the spirit in which I want to encourage you today to carry and sort of not add to the angst or not add to the conspiracy theories and, and all the chatter that's going around in the world at the moment. Because we're called out to be a different people. Now, I don't know about you, but if we've managed to survive different opinions till now and haven't you know, gone through division or fragmentation, then that's what God expects of us to do today, right? That, that particular focus and heartbeat of the church of being unified, one people, one body under one Lord Jesus Christ with one God then that, that'll never change regardless of the circumstances that we find ourselves in. So different opinions are not really the issue. They're not the things that drive us apart, not now and not in the future. And so that's not causing us to fragment. But this heightened tone, you know, where people are, are sort of focused on that they're right and maybe everyone else is wrong, we have to be careful about the way we connect, communicate and treat other people when we share different viewpoints. The good news is our church is passionate about all of us getting back together as soon as we can do so in a way that is safe. We, we don't want to be divided or we don't want separate groups. We, you know, our passion is for we, all people come to worship, no one to be excluded. And, you know, the good news is, I don't know if you've thought about this, but whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, at the end of the day, has nothing to do with your salvation, with your Christianity, with your followership of God. God loves us all. And the only way we are saved is by putting our trust in Jesus Christ, not in a vaccine, not in a government. Nothing else matters except our faith in Jesus Christ. That's the number one thing. And so, you know, for me personally, I want us to be cautious that we don't have the Bible in one hand and news stories or opinions in another and try and connect, you know, the two. Connect dots that don't really exist. So, you know, you can take a biblical story and a comment or an opinion 
on current events in our world and try and sort of put them together as if they're one, one has foretold the other. We have to be very careful not to do that. You know, just uh, recently when we had the earthquake in Melbourne, first time in, in my lifetime that I felt one in Melbourne, you know, there was a funny meme going around about which chapter of Revelation am I living in right now. But in actual fact, the Bible is clear. We have been in the end times since the ascension. So it's since Jesus' resurrection and when he ascended back into heaven. We have always been in the end times. That's the Bible phrase for the age we live in after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. So we're not trying to sort of figure out what Bible event and what time period in history because Jesus said, no one knows the day or hour on which I return. He said those words himself. So that, that's where I put my confidence is in his words, not on the words of anybody else sort of practicing this join the dot theology um, that goes around and sort of has been going around ever since I've been a Christian. It's, that in itself is nothing new. But we have to be cautious we don't do that. And let's be careful that we're not forcing the Bible to fit our theology or what we think is happening. Because if you force a Bible verse or a Bible story into a current situation in which it was not written about, because remember, the Bible was written to a, a specific group of people that had their own issues going on, then it can we twist it and we're sort of forcing it into a different shape. And we really come out with bad, faulty theology in the end. And so oh, please be careful not to do that. Let's not participate in that. We, our trust is in God, not the interpretation that some people present when they look at the Bible and world events. Our trust is God is a God of history. He's in control of history. He's told us we have to live as ready to go all, all the time, every single day. Uh, not just because of COVID, not just because of an earthquake. We live ready. That's the command because we don't know when the end will come. So we have confidence that God is in control and our trust is in him alone. No one else, nothing else, no world event, nothing else. And so even though the Bible doesn't directly talk about, you know, a virus or a vaccine, well, there's things we can learn about how do we live through this time period in history ourselves. So obviously the Bible doesn't talk about those particular issues, should be vaccinated or not be vaccinated. That's a personal choice because it's not around salvation issues. But what the Bible does clearly talk about and illustrates for us over and over again is how you and I should live when we're under crisis, when we're suffering. The Bible has many accounts of people under very difficult circumstances, but those people have Yahweh as their God. And they had, you know, in the New Testament, Jesus as their Lord and their Saviour. And so they lived different to everyone else around them. So even though the Bible's not addressing specifically about the vaccine issue right now, it does address how we should live under pressure. And we have stories. We have direct commands. We, we get things illustrated by the life of other people under pressure. For example, like Moses or Noah or Esther. But then we also have direct commands in the New Testament about how we should live when these circumstances are against us. 
And we certainly are not told to be vitriolic. We're not told to be divisive. We're not told to add to rumours. We're not told to make sure that everybody's on our side. We don't polarise. Uh, we're not told to use derogatory language about people who have a different opinion about us. In fact, we're told to do the opposite. We are told to be unified and to treat every, everyone else with true love. That's what we're told to do. So one of the things that's happened recently, I've noted um, around our community, and even in my own family, is some people don't want to be vaccinated. And that can cause this sort of family fracturing where you know those who are vaccinated feel like that other person should get vaccinated. The, or the person who doesn't want to get vaccinated feels like everybody else has given in. And we have to guard against this sort of fracturing or fragmentation around whether someone's vaccinated or unvaccinated, because in the end, it's not a salvation issue. And so what I'm, I'm praying from my heart as I present this today, I, I, I'm sharing from my heart that we prevent that type of attitude from seeping into the way we interact, both at home, with our neighbours, in our workplaces, in our schools, and also within our church, that we don't contribute to this sort of polarisation, that even if someone has a different opinion and makes a different choice to you or to me, we still treat them as God has commanded us to treat them. That, to me, is what I want to achieve through my talk today and prompt you around how are you managing when you share your ideas and your opinions and what sort of style and what character do you bring because really we're never we're never just communicating information we are the message when you're having a conversation with someone else about your ideas you're never just telling them what you think how you tell them is just as important in what you say and so that's why the Bible talks a lot about character, talks a lot about how we should communicate, because it's not just, this is not just about information. This is really a spirit. We're communicating unity and love and concern for other people. And so division, fragmentation, is never what God has been for. He's never worked towards it. He never will. And so we should never work towards it or tolerate it because we are his people on earth. We represent him. We're in his kingdom, after all, um, right here on earth. And so we carry the same spirit of unity in which God himself um, talks about quite a bit and has shown us through the scriptures. One of the things I've thought about is I really, I wondered to myself, has God called us, this generation, to live through this season? It's not something we think about much, um, which is a bit ironic because when we read Bible accounts, so you know, you think about the Exodus, you think about um, Noah building the ark and the ridicule and the criticism he got, you think about Esther risking her life by confronting a king on behalf of her people. Uh, think about Mary being called to mother jesus you know and, and facing his crucifixion his death of her son we think of paul preaching the gospel to the gentiles and knowing that that was going to eventually cost his life 
We love reading Bible stories because we learn lessons from their life that we can apply to ours. That's one of the reasons we use the scriptures today. Um, that's why they're relevant, because we have lessons of life in there and how to follow God under pressure. But I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but really there are times where God has called previous generations and individuals to live through a prolonged crisis, a circumstance they would much rather be instantly delivered from, let alone face over a long period of time. But it's like God actually knew that they would be able to walk it through. May not perfectly. You know, you read Old Testament stories like Samson. There's plenty of mistakes that we humans can make, even if we're following God. But did God call them to go through that on our behalf? Has God called us to live out this season on his behalf? We don't know what future generations, even your children or your grandchildren, will experience as a result of how we live this out. So it's not just what, you know, we don't have control over what's happening around us, but how we respond as God's people, that we definitely have a lot of control over. And so I just want to throw it out there because I've been meditating on it myself personally. Is God calling us to walk through this season? And if he is, how does he want us to walk through this season? Because that's the most important thing is how we do it, just not what we experience. You know, we all have what's called moral agency. And that is, I have the ability to make a choice. You have the ability to make a choice. And understand that my choice impacts and affects everyone else around me. In fact, goes beyond just the local family or neighbourhood. It goes to the whole community, the whole society. And so we carry that, right? We, we, you have the ability to make your choice on many issues, not just the vaccine issue, but many, many issues. But it impacts everybody else. So, you know, there's a lot of chatter about individual rights at the moment. But really, um, your individual rights have to be balanced out with the rights of the whole community. Or maybe that's the wrong way of saying it. Maybe it's better to say the benefit or the health, the welfare of the whole community. And, you know, sometimes I think I've been guilty of overestimating the importance of my own personal rights. And again, God has challenged me around, you know, we, we think we have all these personal rights in our Western heads, you know, in our thinking. And of course, we do have freedoms and liberties that really probably no generation previously has had to the extent that you and I have today in a Western nation. But really, as Christians, um, we might criticise governments and, you know, we don't like communism, socialism, we think democracy is the best thing. But really, as Christians, we live in a theocracy. That is where God's in charge. And we have, well, chosen to be in submission or subjection to our king. And, you know, we don't really have many personal rights in the kingdom of God uh, because there's only one king and it's not you and it's not me. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, you know, I'm, sometimes we focus on the problem. So like, for example, lockdown and restrictions, we want to get out of it, right? Because when, when we're facing a crisis, we want deliverance, instant get out of jail free sort of card right we want god to come along and free us asap but i've been convicted personally just sharing from my heart 
that instead of just looking at the problem that we're facing, this is for me, what is God developing or teaching me that I'll take with me, that, that will go far beyond this life? Yeah, I can take, I'll take all my learnings and my character you know, when I go to be with him. And you know, I have to learn I'm living in his kingdom. And I have said yes to Jesus and to follow God. And so he's the only ruler. Um, I don't have all these rights. I have to lay down my life for him. We, again, we talk about it and there's Bible verses that mention it. But when it comes to the crunch, like we're experiencing right now, um, I forget about it so easily. And, and, and maybe you have as well. And so, you know, we think of the Lord's Prayer where he says, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a kingdom and will, right? Not our will, but his will. Not our kingdom, his kingdom. So we can learn some things as Christians right now and not give in to becoming fragmented. In fact, protect so we don't get fragmented as a church community. That's really what we should be doing. And so it's not, it's not so much about, you know, our rights or the most important thing for us is how do we live through this season so here's a couple of verses i'm going to share with you today um and really just to encourage you to think around well how is you know if god has called us is, is this our moment as a generation of christians to live for god you know to really be known for people of love peace unity service sacrifice is this our moment as a generation, like previous generations of Christians, both in recent history in the last, you know, 1500 years, or even into biblical times where we read those accounts of people following God? They had their moments living under harsh conditions, suffering, and yet they lived a life of, well, laying down and serving and loving and ministering to the needs of others at their own expense. This, this could be our moment. So how, how do we respond to fragmentation around us? So here's a couple of verses. So Romans chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. There it urges us to watch out for those who cause division and put obstacles in the path of living for God. And that's one, you know, one passage we have to take to heart that We've got to keep following Jesus as the main thing. And Titus chapter 3 verses 9 to 11 says that we are to have nothing to do with quarrels and controversies, that we should you know, really be working um, for unity. So as a church family, some principles that we have to put into practice. Some of those are live at peace with everybody. You know, it says that in Romans chapter 12 verse 8. As far as it is with you, can you live at peace with everybody? In fact, it's not a suggestion um, in the original language. It's a command. It's a directive. So as far as you have the ability, live at peace with one another. And that's repeated in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14 as well. That That's a principle for me. I mean, I have my personal opinions about, you know, government decisions, vaccines, you know, vaccine passports, restrictions. But... I am living and working for peace as far as I can do it in my life. You know, with my speech, my behaviour, I'm going to live 
to bring peace as much as I can. Another verse I want to point out is 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 to 3. These are incredible words. And this, you know, Corinth was a church that was, well, had quite a few divisions when Paul wrote to them to correct a rebuke and instruct them on how to get back their unity. And Paul really points out that love is the most important thing. And knowledge really leads to pride. And you know, right through the whole book of Corinthians, there's this wordplay about knowledge, pride and love. And that knowledge, even though it's important, is not the most important thing. So what I know or what you know or what we think we know is not the most important thing. The most important thing is that we love one another first and foremost. And not, not warm, fuzzy love, again, like with our Western heads, when we think of that word love, this is, you know, agape, this is sacrificial love. This is love that brings the benefit and protection of other people. And so that's the sort of love that we have. Knowledge is not the most important thing. Love is the most important thing in God's kingdom. So we should be living for peace as much as we can. We should be loving one another and not getting prideful, which how much we think we know, or telling others what we think they should know, that actually the best thing to do is to love one another in the midst of all this um, turmoil and controversies about um, our lives right now in our world. One of the challenging things is Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 and 44. And that's because Jesus commands us to love our enemies. Pray for those who persecute us. Um, now, you know, I don't, I don't want to uh, go too far here because I know this is online probably forever. The main thing here, regardless of what our opinions are about decisions being made at different levels around us, is that we love people who we think might be working against us and we pray for those that actually we think do us harm. When's the last time you said a prayer for those that you thought were doing us harm? I have to ask that. I'm asking myself as well. So, you know, how do we respond to fragmentation? Well, as much as we can, we, we work for peace. We love. We, we, knowledge is not our goal. Love is our goal. And that we bless and pray for those who actually make it difficult for us. Um, that we may eventually consider our enemies or those who bring persecution on us. And remember, that's said in a first century context when Jesus mentioned that um, the people hearing those words were living under a foreign power, uh, forced to do things they didn't want to do. And Jesus reminds them, you have to, well, you have to love and pray for them. That's my message today, you know, that we are a church, Uni Hill is a church that doesn't get fragmented in any way, that we will love everyone, no matter what, and that we'll be known for it, because that is the kingdom of God on earth. And so I want to encourage you, why don't you have a conversation around those points today, right where you're living? You know, if you're living on your own, you can chat to your neighbour about what you've heard in this message. If you're living with uh, friends or family, why don't you chat to them? Because you know what? I think if you made 
a goal to have a conversation around love and unity and and laying down our lives for each other and not focusing on knowledge if you make that your conversation for the next 24 hours or so and not all the divisive talk then the atmosphere in your home would change and maybe even in your own mind and in your own heart you'd allow that you'd hear the voice of the holy spirit speak to you as you talk to someone else to encourage and strengthen them and not suffer from becoming fragmented and you know not having the peace within their own lives and in their own heart so I, I i'm talking from my heart today this is really about us doing the fundamentals of the gospel in practice while we're under pressure because that's when it really counts that's when our character is tested oh, i think maybe god has called us as a generation to be his light and to work for peace and love and unity and you know we hopefully we're known for it at the other side of this because that's the kingdom of god on earth if you never have made a decision to follow jesus that's the sort of god we've got the one i've just talked about where he he calls us because he wants us to live in peace he wants us to know his love the bible says that we love him because he first loved us in other words when jesus came and gave up his life to pay for the penalty of everything we've ever done wrong said wrong things acted in a wrong way treated someone else um, you know in a wrong manner then when you accept that jesus was sent from god and he took the penalty of you doing wrong things and that he rose again and he is god's son that when you accept that that god freely forgives you of all your wrongdoing and more than that he wants to fill you with his holy spirit that's the sort of god that we have when we talk about god being in control of our lives the one that we've talked about changes us from the inside out so i want to invite you to make that decision today if you've never done it it changed the direction of my life and it'll change the direction of your life as well i'm going to pray a simple prayer and if you've never prayed that prayer or even if you want to pray it again because you feel like maybe you know recently things have slipped for you because of the pressure that we're living under and you really haven't followed through on a commitment you made to god at some point in your life well you know what the bible says you know he's faithful and just to forgive us if we just confess and so you can come back to god right now wherever you are you're just one step away from being in god's hands and that's simply by asking him so i'm going to pray join with me in this prayer and church family will you pray as well father god we acknowledge that you're in control of all things we don't have all of the facts and your plan and and what's happening around the world but we know your ultimate goal is to redeem every one of us that wants to cry out to you and make you the king of our hearts of our lives and the way we live so God, that's what we're praying right now. And on behalf of everybody who's watching, Lord, I pray that they would open their hearts and pray this prayer with me. Would you forgive us our sin? And Lord, would you fill us with your Holy Spirit to enable us to live a life worthy of being sons and daughters of the one true God? And Lord, right now, in the midst of what we're all experiencing, will you help us 
not to be puffed up with knowledge, but to show love, that we would make every effort to keep the unity and the bonds of peace. Lord God, that we would pray for those that make life difficult for us and that we would live out a life with you as our King and, and us in submission to you. Lord God, we thank you so much for your love, that you loved us first by giving us your Son. And Lord, may we continually be in love with you as a result of your free gift of salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, just jump on our website. It's unihillchurch.com.au and there's a contact us tab. If you just write in there that you prayed the prayer for the very first time to know Jesus, we'll be in touch with you because we want to make sure that you know the decision you've made is so important. And what are the next steps? You know, how do we actually follow God in our lives today? That's really what church is all about. Church is not a building. Church is always a group of people who are following God. Thank you very much for joining us today. Remember, church family, if you have a prayer need or a praise point, you can also get on the website and let us know about that as well. I hope you've been encouraged and strengthened by the Holy Spirit today through our message. May the Lord bless you and we'll see you again next week.